Gracious Lord, thank you so much for this day and thank you so much for your word. Thank you that you're a God who has revealed yourself to us. And so we pray that as we open up this passage, may your spirit be at work in our lives, speaking to us, transforming us, shaping us, molding us to be into the likeness of your son, Jesus. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Well, if you've ever taught your kids how to drive, or you've recently been on the receiving end of this, I'm sure you've heard the following phrase, uh, do what I say, don't necessarily do what I do. Uh, Let's say that you've been teaching someone that when you come to a stop sign, you need to stop for three seconds to be able to look left and right and then look left again. But then when you're in the driver's seat now, you come up to a stop sign and you just kind of go through it because there's no soul in sight. You think it'll be fine, except for the passenger that's right in your left seat who you've been training for this exact situation. Well, I hate to break it to you, but if you do this, you are committing hypocrisy. Preaching one thing and yet going and doing another. But I don't think it takes too much self-examination to realise that this is something that we all do. I will be the first to say that I have not always lived with consistency to what I preach. And whether Christian or not, I'm sure that we've all gone and acted inconsistently to some of the values that we hold to. So then, in our series on big issues, we come to the question of what would Jesus say about hypocrisy? And if you want to hear a clear-cut answer to that question, well, you are in luck because we have Jesus' words right in front of us today and he had some of the sternest words reserved for those who are hypocrites. So let's get stuck in into Matthew chapter 23. Uh, In the first century, there were the leaders of the Jewish religion at the time, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees. And, you know, we have to give credit where credit is you because these guys knew their stuff Uh, they would have known the old testament the jewish writings backwards and forwards they could have recited any psalm off by heart off the top of their head they were the religious gurus however whilst they had all the knowledge they didn't quite have all the obedience to the knowledge they knew their stuff but their lives didn't match up to what they knew. So, one time, Jesus was teaching the crowds of the Jewish nation, uh, the very people who were under the teachings of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, and he says this. Look at me from uh, chapter 23, verse 1. He says, uh, Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, The teachers of the law and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat, so you must be careful to do everything they tell you, But do not do what they do, for they do not practice what they preach. They tie up heavy, cumbersome loads and put them on other people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. In summary, do what they do, I mean, do what they teach, but do not do what they do because they don't practice what they preach. They told others to go and do certain things, to follow certain onerous rules, but they themselves weren't willing to do them. 
And so Jesus says that these people are hypocrites. The uh, word for this in the original language of Greek is hypocrites. Uh, that is, this word is often used in the theatre sphere to describe an actor, for, act, for an actor who decides to put on a show, or for people who wore a mask and were someone else underneath the mask. So what Jesus is speaking about here is a little bit more than a person making a mistake or slipping up, because, you know, we all sin and we all do this. But Jesus is speaking against being someone else underneath a mask. It seems that these people were far more concerned with how they looked rather than having concern for what they actually claimed to believe. Uh, It's a bit like wearing a Maroons jersey at a State of Origin party in order to make friends, but you really actually support the Blues. Or like claiming to be a vegetarian or vegan on social media to look trendy, but you just really love the lamb roast for Sunday lunch. Or it's like a person who goes to church on Sunday, who claims to be a follower of Jesus, and yet Monday through to Saturday, their actions look nothing like his, and they make no attempts to grow to be like Jesus. Jesus says that people like this aren't to be followed. This is like an active type of hypocrisy. These teachers had all the knowledge, they had all the words, but their actions and their lives actively denied what they said they believed. See, they believed that God was in charge, but they wanted the power. They said that the glory belonged to God, but they wanted the glory themselves. They said that God's law was to be obeyed, but they totally neglected the priorities of the poor. And it's heartbreaking. And whilst I suspect that most Christians don't fall into this trap of actively denying what we say that we believe, well, we can all struggle with this. We can struggle with this in areas that we're aware of and even in other areas that we just don't see. For example, before going to Bible college when I was working as a barista, I I was thoroughly a Christian. However, when things weren't going quite right, or when I was making silly mistakes, I'd sadly get very, very frustrated and take it out on something, or sometimes someone. I was completely a Christian, I was completely on fire for Jesus, if you will, But at the smallest thing, I completely failed to live as Jesus wanted me to live. I knew that Jesus would want me to have patience and have compassion for others in this situation. But I certainly didn't act on it. And well, really, this is a form of pride. Of wanting my own way instead of God's way of craving my own comfort rather than what God wanted me to do. It was hypocritical and inconsistent with my belief. And in Jesus' eyes, hypocrisy of all sorts is not on because it's the height of arrogance. Look at me from verse 5. Everything they do is done for people to see. They make their phylacteries wide and the tassels on their garments long 
They love the place of honour at banquets and the most important seats in the synagogues. They love to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and to be called rabbi by the others. See, the teachers were putting on a show for people. They were making their robes look spectacular. They were claiming the best seats in their house. And they loved it when people called them by the honorific title of, of rabbi or teacher or father. They were more interested in how people saw them rather than how God saw them. They didn't long to please God, but they wanted the praise of other people. They were acting. And in fact, this isn't the first time that Jesus calls out people who do things to put on a show for others. In his first sermon recorded in the Gospel of Matthew, commonly known as the Sermon of the Mount, Jesus says the following words from Matthew chapter 6. Uh, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honoured by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received the reward in full. Also, verse 5. And when you pray, do not pray like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they receive their award in full. Now, these types of hypocrisy are completely arrogant because it shows that the people aren't really concerned about what God thinks about them. That is God who is the creator of all things, who knows all things, who is the judge of all things. But it shows that they're only really concerned about what other people think about them. That is, others who are just finite creative beings. This type of thinking can fool us into thinking that we're the top of the food chain and even above God himself. Now, we might not be getting dressed up and always being super religious, but this can happen in other ways. In our speech, not lining up with how God wants us to use it. In lashing out on social media instead of being peacemakers. Or, or using all our resources selfishly instead of generously. Or exhorting others to pray, but never praying. Or telling the world of the importance of God's word, but never actually reading it for ourselves. Now, will we get this perfect? No, unfortunately, no Christian will. But does that let us off the hook? Certainly not. Because not only can our actions be a stumbling block to others, but our hypocrisy is detested by God. In our passage in Matthew chapter 23, uh, we didn't get a chance for this all to be read out, but Jesus goes on to declare seven different woes on the hypocrites. And the woe is Jesus expressing his utter regret at the decision of the hypocrites to live in this way. He's also making it clear that the fate of these people is a terrible one. And it's also a cry of compassion. A compassion on them to turn away from their sinful ways and turn back to him. So let's look at three of these woes. Uh, look at me from chapter 23, verse 15. Uh, woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You travel over the land and sea to win a single convert. 
And when you have succeeded, you make them twice as much a child of hell as you are. They're going far, far away to tell people about God, but in the end, they teach them even more to live in ways against God's laws and teach them to reject Jesus. Whoa. Verse 23. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. To be sure, yes, they have ticked the box, they have obeyed some rules, but they haven't lived as God wants them to. With compassion and mercy, they insisted on strict rule following rather than loving the people in front of them. Whoa. <laughs> Verse 27, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of the bones of the dead and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. They may look good on the outside, but on the inside they are wicked. They're like an apple that looks really nice. But when you take a bite into it, you realise that it's rotten to the core. Again, remember, we've only looked at three of these seven woes. Jesus had the sternest words reserved for the hypocrites. Because they believed, they said that they believed, but their lives suggested otherwise. And Jesus says that those who actively oppose God's ways, even while confessing belief, will be judged by him. He wraps up this section in verse 33. You snakes, you brood of vipers, how will you escape being condemned to hell? Jesus will have the final say because he detests hypocrisy. And this is good news, isn't it? This is actually good news because if you're not a follower of Jesus and you can't stand the hypocrisy of Christians, the good news is that Jesus doesn't like it either. But he will judge it. Uh, in 2013, uh, there was a person who streamed themselves playing games on the streaming platform of Twitch. And they did this in a wheelchair with uh, the camera still on them. And so this made them have a little bit unique. He gained a following. Uh, he gained a certain amount of money in donations for his so-called disability. Uh, this was all fine until one stream, he forgot that the camera was on and he stood up and walked away. No, there was no miraculous healing. He was a fraud. He eventually admitted that he made up the dis disability so that he could gain more money. And naturally, people were outraged. His followers dropped and his streaming platform shut down his channel. We detest being lied to, don't we? 
We hate it when people say that they will do one thing and yet go and do another. In Australia, all we want is a true blue fair dinkum mate or to translate someone who acts truthfully and with integrity. But the problem is, if we're honest, we can fall into the trap of hypocrisy. And it's not just even a Christian problem. Uh, We are a culture that claims to be loving and yet shuts people down if they disagree with us. Uh, We can say on our CV that we are hard workers and yet check social media on company time. We can claim that we are truthful people and yet think that fudging some numbers on our tax returns here and there isn't all that bad. So then, what's the solution to this world of deception and hypocrisy? Well, as we look at our own hearts and our own motivations, it won't take us too long to realise that we can't solve this problem by ourselves. But we need a circuit breaker. Not only that, we need a saviour. See, God detests hypocrisy, but he doesn't cancel the hypocrite but he has compassion on them. He longs for his people to come back to him. This is what we read from uh, verse 37. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you are not willing. Jesus longs for his family to come home to him. Return to him, even after they've done completely hypocritical things in his name. Like a hen with her chicks, Jesus wants his children to come to him. And yes, that includes you and me. And as we do so, he can forgive us. He will forgive us. Because Jesus is the only one who lived a completely non-hypocritical life. There was no lying or any half-truths that came out of his mouth. He had no mask. He was the only person to ever do this and the only person who will ever do this. There is nothing that you could accuse him of. But instead, he was put on trial by the Pharisees and the teachers of the law and falsely accused. And they had him crucified. But in that death, Jesus took all of our sins, all of our hypocrisy, and all the judgment that we deserved upon himself as a substitute for us, so that we might be completely free of them and completely and utterly forgiven. And then he rose from the dead, defeating death, so that we could have life that will never fade. But until that day, Christians are called to live as he did. When you put your trust in Jesus, he invites us to take off the mask. We don't need to pretend to be someone else. We don't need to cover up our sin. We don't need to try and live for the praise of other people because he has already seen us for what we truly are. 
He's taken our hypocrisy upon himself so that we can be forgiven and then get to work living for him. A couple of years ago, there was a survey done amongst non-Christians asking them to describe a Christian that they know. And the top responses were actually caring, friendly, generous, and hopeful. What a great witness. What a great pointer to the compassion of Jesus. So then, friends, keep on showing off just how great Jesus is. But if you are here and you have been turned off of Christianity because of the hypocrisy of Christians, I am so sorry that our lives have failed to live up to the standard of Jesus. There is no doubt that the hypocrisy of Christians is serious. But I also want to say that even if you were to meet the best Christian in the world, you would still only be getting an imperfect glimpse of what Jesus is like. The amazing news is that if you want to see what Jesus is like, you can go straight to him. You can read an account of his life in the Gospels. You can ask questions at any time. You can come along and sign up to Alpha and come along and ask these big questions. And what you'll find is that Jesus is the source of all integrity, love, compassion, and salvation. So, friends, come straight to the primary source. Look at the author. Go to the master composer, the one who perfectly practiced what he preached the one who showed perfect humility and never pride, the one who detests hypocrisy for what it is and yet died to save all those who turned to him and turn away from their sin. I want to urge you, come to Jesus today. So let's pray. Loving Lord, how we thank you so much for your phenomenal grace and your mercy to us, that you would come for us even while we were hypocrites and die for us. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the salvation that we have in Jesus. So Heavenly Father, help us to look to him. Help us to live lives of compassion, of integrity, that others may see you at work in us and come and praise and glorify you. And so we pray all of this in your name. Amen.